fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. All right, dudes, it's time to hop on the boards, check out the hang 10. I was going to try to find a website with surfer lingo. Dude, Uh, dude, broski. They're called babes, sir. LAPD is paying you to pick up girls. Utah, you better not be picking up babes over there. Uh, yeah. Via con Dios. Um, so we are talking about, uh, if you haven't figured it out already, we're talking about point oh, breaks yes. this time around. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah, just here, just here catching some waves. Yeah, man. I've never surfed in my life. Oh, I, I think I would be terrible at it. Yeah. I've boogie boarded, which is kind of like the, well, I, I don't, it's I want the even, gateway, right? It's I mean, the it's, gateway. Yeah. Like I've done that a couple of times and like, you can kind of get the basic technique of how to catch the wave. You know what I'm saying? Boy, did I say that? Like totally not, <laughs> not a surfer. <laughs> you gotta like, uh, you, you gotta like learn to catch the wave. You know what I'm saying? Catch that break. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, man. I'm hey, I'm a Midwest guy. I'm I'm water skier, but no, yeah. I like the f- few times I've um, boogie boarded, like, you figure out how to get the board on the wave. And so like you get like the principles of it without having to like stand up and fall, you know, all that kind of stuff. But just that yeah. little, just that little taste was, was pretty awesome. I won't lie. I won't yeah. lie. I've uh, the closest I'll ever get. I'm not a great swimmer anyway. So it just, it would not work out. Mm-hmm. Closest I've ever gotten would be a jet ski. There you go. But I, yeah, surfing would, I, no. Too much I, coordination. Like, well, there's, there's apparently there's balance involved. Yeah, which that's the, a problem. The closest I get to balance is is watching Star Wars and trying to bring balance to the Force. Balance to the Force. And I think when I was a kid, I might have had some New Balance shoes. That's the closest I come to balance. Yeah, like I put it in the same category as rollerblading and ice skating and, yeah. and things that I will not do well. No, on occasion, I, I, I think I could fall up the stairs. Mm. Oh, and actually, my wife just texted to remind me I'm not allowed on ladders. So, <laughs> oh wow, surfing okay. would not. There uh, it is. The, 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 the Reed family and ladders, particularly the men in the Reed family and ladders, it, it, things don't work out well. Mm-hmm. well. That's good for you at home. That means you, yeah. you get out of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it means I mm-hmm. means either Sharon does it or I pay someone else to do it. Exactly. Donna doesn't let me clean the gutters, and we have a ranch house. Yeah. No. So you know. Oh, there you go. 
Yeah, it, it kind of some of it kind of stems back to my grandfather was out trying to trim some branches off of a tree in his backyard with a chainsaw. Oh, okay. I'll do it up on a ladder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See. Yeah. Those two things should never go together. No. Really. No. Without training. I don't think. Well, true. Be. Yeah, I've seen some people who knew what they were doing do some real crazy stuff on a ladder, but yeah, I, or, my, or or the chainsaws that have that like uh, whatever that clutch gear is that when you let go of the trigger, they stop immediately. Mm-hmm. They don't like wind down. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know. That anyways, was, that, I mean was, it, that was fine. I think he just happened to cut a larger branch that then took out the uh, it took out the ladder from underneath him. Oh, so oh, it, it was well, not so much the chainsaw that was the problem. It was the in, uh, incoming uh, branch that was the problem. Well, the uh, physics yeah. is still a law, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that uh, that'll get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. when when you're stubborn, you can overcome physics. <laughs> I, <laughs> this much I've heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, granted, uh, this is not the grandfather that used to accidentally cut the tip of his finger off and then sew it back on with fishing line, but that's a whole other story. And this didn't, the way you said that, this has happened multiple times? Um, with the chainsaw or the cutting the tip of the finger off? The, the cutting of the tip, the tip of, the, of the, finger. the finger. I think it happened at least twice. Oh, my oh, goodness. Dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, oh, had a, wow. he, had a, he had a workshop. Uh, he had built a workshop onto each of the houses that they had um, when he moved. I think he built another workshop onto that one, too. But And growing up, like, that was always the fun part about going to his house was he had all these power tools. And, mm-hmm. you know, he he's constantly making stuff. Like, he was building. They renovated their church in town, and, and he helped build, like, some of the pews. And, you know, different, you know, different cool. stuff for people around town. He'd build, That's you know, cool. furniture and chairs and repair stuff just for fun. Um, I don't think he ever charged anybody for anything. He just loved doing it. And so then as a kid going over to their house, that was like every single time we'd go over there, we'd be like, okay, what are we building this time? And okay, I remember we cool. had like, there was one time we built a, um, he built me like a sword and shield out of wood. And uh, so as a kid, I had my own like little sword and shield. I think it had like a, almost like a Captain America star on it with some circles around it. And cool. um, yeah, no, we, we constantly were like building stuff every time we get. I even remember as a teenager, I went over to his house and it was right after episode one had come out. And uh, mm-hmm. and I was like 18 years old at the time. And I was like, hey, um, uh, Papa, can I, um, I need a really long piece of wood because I need to build a double bladed lightsaber. And he's like, I nice. don't even know what that is, what you just said, but yeah, I'll help you do whatever you need. That's so, cool. Yeah. So I had a, uh, had a double bladed wooden lightsaber that I just twirl around for most of that summer while I was staying at their house. Awesome. Yeah. That's but, no, very that cool. But, but yeah. So because of the power tools, I think he cut the tip of his finger off a couple of times over the years. Right, and well, a lot yeah, of times he'd go. be like, well, I got, I got stuff to finish or uh, dinner's going to be ready pretty soon. So let me just kind of stick this back on here with a little fishing line and um, I'll get over to the hospital here in just a little bit. Got to get dinner first. Jeez. All right. So it's a different generation. It is that indeed. It's not my generation. I think I'd probably faint. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. You want me to sew what back on with what? No, thank you. No, hmm. I will now faint and someone will have to take me to the hospital. That's funny. But we're not here to faint. We're here to surf. No. Yes. Brah. Brah. Yeah. We're here to surf with, with Bodie and with Johnny Utah. To Utah. What was it you yelled at me? Utah, bring me to. Utah. Yep. Bring me to. <laughs> God, I love Gary Busey's character in this. So good to see early Busey again. Like, mm-hmm. 
I mean, obviously he was always a little crazy. Yeah. But oh yeah, this is the Gary Busey I can handle. Right. You yeah. feel it in his newer roles where he's just kind of off the rails. Mm-hmm. But back then he was, you know. I just later Gary Busey. I kind of feel like, Ugh, should we be watching this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this? Yeah. yeah. But this stuff is good. This yeah. was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. A good role for him. Like mm-hmm. in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get on into this thing. So very, very quickly, we spoil the movies we talk about. So just be warned. We're going to we're going to spoil this one. And uh, we don't want you to wipe out by getting spoiled. So just be aware of that. Uh, the 30 wipe out of all the years I've spent surfing. There you go. I feel like I should have played some of the like surf music from uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. there you yeah. go. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Uh, the 30-something movie podcast is part of the Scene Stealers Podcast Network. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Scene Stealers International Convention Agent, who has a top-class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked now for your Comic-Con or event. For more information, check out www.scenestealersglobal.com. Um, along those lines, we actually have some movies coming up with some uh, actors that are part of the Scene Stealers uh, pool of talent. That cool. they are in touch with. So there is a possibility I might be able to get some of the actors from some of these movies uh, that we might be able to interview them. Nice. So that's that really exciting. Cool. So that would be that would be a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm trying to get some of that lined up. We'll we'll see what ends up happening. But um, I know uh, one of them I was almost I'm, I'm not going to mention the name, you know, just yet. But one of them I almost had. And then uh, they had to actually fly to L.A. to start filming something. So um, oh. we'll we'll see if we can get that one later. But. And then our website, visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can rate the show, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon, uh, where you get access to exclusive episodes, no matter what level you support us at there, and uh, get other benefits too, depending on what levels you support us at, whether you can either you know join us for a show, tell us what to watch, uh, find a movie that Pat's going to hate and make him watch it, you know, that kind of stuff. There it is. There it is. Make sure you find the movie that endangers the most children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, or, do a remake of Pearl Harbor. Yeah, Pearl Harbor with just kids. Potentially. Mm-hmm. We'll not confirm or deny whether this was ever made, but like just mm-hmm. a poor attempt at a racing movie that, you know, like that, that has never happened, mm-hmm. but a possible poor attempt at a racing movie centered around the IndyCar series. Yeah. Maybe, you know, no one's ever done it. That movie right. doesn't exist. I don't acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. If that was ever done, that would be another movie that you could potentially. Well, there's already a movie called Baby Driver, but I kind of feel like you could do another one called Baby Driver. That's a poor attempt at a racing movie that features just babies. Yeah, that would be and, that would be, you know, and Baby con- Driver was a good movie. I oh, like yeah, Baby it was, Driver. It was a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're constantly in danger. Yeah, that would be rough. OK, baby. Yeah. Baby Driver with real babies. We wouldn't know. Right. Right. Or Home Alone. You could just make him watch Home Alone again. Make him watch Home Alone. And that's okay. Yeah. I, I Overall, there was some stuff I liked in the movie. Yeah. It was more, you know what? The movie was good, I guess. It was just that there were some of the characters in there that I'd like to, yeah. you know, you like to have throttle, words with. You throttle them. Throttle them. That's yes. fine. That's fine. I was going to look up a surfing word to like, you know, for like beat up, but I don't, I'm not sure that there is one. Yeah. You could go, know, agro, you could go aggro on them. There you go. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm amped about this movie, guys. I you, you can tell that I'm in the A part of the surfing glossary right now. Yes. Yeah. Agro amped. Yeah. 
Uh, I love this movie. All right. Well, don't bail on me. So <laughs> Bruh. don't bail. On me, bro. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about this major thing. I got a jam. Was it? I got a jam. Maybe. What did he say when he had to, when he all of a sudden realized that it was spoilers? Okay. Yeah, we've announced that. Oh yeah. Uh, but when he realized that Bodie's gang was the gang, when it crossed his mind and he was walking out mm-hmm. there with, um, uh, who's the girl? Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. When he's walking out there with Tyler, he's like, oh man, I, I forgot about this thing at work. I got a jam. Yeah. And what was it? I got a jam. I got a, I think it was, I got a jam. I don't know. That doesn't sound right, but it was cool. It was a cool line. It was a cool line, whatever it might yeah. be. Huh. I'm also seeing some words on here. I'm not going to say on the show. Oh, well, that doesn't surprise me. All right. There were those words. Yeah. Apparently. Okay. All right. Well, our movie this time around is Point Break. Came out on the 12th of July, 1991. Rated R. Uh, was two hours and two minutes. Runtime. That was runtime. Uh, director was Catherine Bigelow. Uh, she also did Near Dark and Zero Dark Thirty. A lot of dark movies for her, mm-hmm. except for the mm-hmm. surfing one. Uh, producers were Peter Abrams, Joseph Newton Cohen, and Robert Levy. Abrams did Wedding Crashers and Van Wilder. Cohen did Hotel Mumbai and Sicario 2 and Levy or Levy did Smokey and the Bandit and Wedding Crashers. You know what? That's a movie that I wish we had done on the podcast and maybe we will do at some point is Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, yeah, it is. We used to watch that all the time growing up. Oh, it's great. And I just want to give a shout out for the like fantastical podcast, the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Um, They do a Smokey and the Bandit versus um, Cannonball Run. And it is outstanding. Yeah. So. 77. Came out in 1977. So. Yeah. I'm trying to think. So it would be, that would be what? Um, 25 years and. 45 years? Maybe 45 years and 22. Not 25. God, there would be no math 25. 45 years and two years, right? It's my understanding there'd be no math during the debates. Um, Yeah, be 45 years next year. Nice. All right, maybe we do it next year. Perfect. Yeah. Eastbound. Got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Trucking. Are we going to do what they they say say can't be done? done. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Oh yeah, man. That's yeah. That's yeah. the real deal right there. There we go. All right. Well, off on that tangent for a little bit. Uh, writers mm-hmm. for this one were Rich King, who did the story, and W. Peter Iliff, who did the story and screenplay. King did Off the Wall and Hot Shot. Iliff did Varsity Blues and Patriot Games. Cinematography done by Donald Peterman, who died in 2011. Also did the cinematography for uh, Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home and Men in Black. Music was done by Mark Isham, who did the music for Crash and 42. Budget on this one was 24 million. Box office, 83.5 million. Flick metrics gives it a 71%. Cinema score gives it a B plus. Starring Patrick Swayze as Bodie. Uh, he was in Dirty Dancing and Roadhouse. Keanu Reeves as Johnny Utah, who was in Speed and The Matrix. Gary Busey as Pappas. He was in Lethal Weapon and The Buddy Holly Story. Lori Petty played Tyler. She was in Free Willy and A League of Their Own. There's no crying in surfing. Uh, Mm -hmm. John C. McGinley played Ben Harp. He was in Scrubs and Seven. 
James LaGrosse played Roach. He was in Drugstore Cowboy and Certain Women. John Philbin played Nathaniel. He was in Return of the Living Dead and Tombstone. Uh, Bo Jess Christopher played Gromit. He was in True Detective and NCIS Los Angeles. And Tom Sizemore played the DEA agent. He was in Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down. After a string of bizarre bank robberies in Southern California with the crooks donning masks of various former presidents, a federal agent, Johnny Utah, infiltrates the suspected gang. But this is no ordinary group of robbers. They are surfers, led by the charismatic Bodhi, who are addicted to the rush of thievery. Thievery, that's a fun word. Uh, but when Utah falls in love with the female surfer, Tyler, who is close to the gang, it complicates his sense of duty. Here is the trailer. We'll be back in just a moment. Ultimate rush. There's nothing that comes close to it. Not even sex. We are the ex-president. Total commitment. It's a real thin line between life and death. I'm not a crook. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't forget to vote. You want to nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf. Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. He'll take you to the edge. Past it. It's gonna be a great day, Johnny. The taxpayers of Lincoln, Utah, they knew that they were paying a federal agent to surf and pick up girls. Babes. Big one. The correct term is babes, sir. Adios, amigo! So one of the first questions we always ask is, how does this movie make you feel? Bo, how does this movie make you feel? Awesome. <laughs> um, it, um, energized. It, it, it's got a pace to it that I like. Especially the... I know this is more than you asked for at this point, but the, the, the beginning of the movie moves quickly like they throw you kind of right into it i don't feel like it drags like some dude setting up the story there's even there's some time at the beginning where you're a little unclear on some things because you're just sort of thrust into the middle of it especially the fbi portions i feel like um but i like that i like the pacing yeah was this the so kind of following up on that was this the first time you've seen this or have you seen it before uh, many, many moons ago, but it was almost like a first pass because it had been a long time and not one that I'd gone back to in a while. Okay. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk this movie with you guys. So, Pat, I I don't even know if I need to <laughs> awesome, ask. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> 
Uh, Patrick, how does this movie make you feel? <laughs> I'll say awesome. I got to figure out some like uh, tubular, righteous, you know, bra. bra. I, uh, uh, I love this film, man. I love it. I, um, it, it just makes me feel good, you know? Is this, and, and is this the first time you've seen it? First time I've seen it this month. <laughs> I All this right. is a free, this is a frequent frequent rewatch. This should be on my guilty pleasures list. This should be on the Pat's Kryptonite movies list. Um, and it's funny because it was like such a part of the culture that everyone was kind of talking about it. And I'd catch bits and pieces at you know friends' houses, sleepovers. It would be on TV, whatever, and then. I finally had the opportunity. I don't know when that I could get it and I watched it and then it was like, yeah, I got to just keep watching this movie. This is like, this is almost like commando levels of awesome. Although commando, I'm sorry, commando. That's, that's incorrect. Cause commando, I just watched for this podcast and that like blew my mind, but like this movie gets me just as excited in the same ways. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> you mentioned the DE agent. Do you think I like this hair, man? Do you think I like this hair? God, I love this movie. Yeah, for me, um, yeah, I think for me it was, boy, I almost want to steal your word, energy. Like there was definitely an energy to it. Like there, there were some bits and pieces that I was like, okay, um, but you know, it was it was one that the like stuff with him and her is a little slow sometimes. Yes, yeah, it was a little, I don't know. I, I I knew later on. I mean, this is kind of getting more into our discussion, but I knew later on it was it was going to be more necessary because he needed to have a reason, like not to take out Bodie originally, and you know, a reason to you know tag along at the end and and all that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it, for the most part, I will say, yeah, it was the energy that just kind of carried me along. It was like, yeah, this is is this going to be one like one of my top favorite action movies of all time? No, but you know, I was never bored. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my biggest problem and my biggest problem comes more with, you know, not like, I mean, obviously Keanu's acting sometimes is a little, a little wooden. Why can't I just say what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife's favorite is, and I'm, I'm, I'm blanking out on what the name of the movie was he in a movie called a like a place in the clouds or something like that uh walk in the clouds walk in the clouds clouds. that's right and there's like a scene from the trailer where he's where he's like running through the vineyard or the field like victoria victoria and that's what (laughs) you know anytime i mention keanu reeves that's what my wife always brings up is how how bad his acting is and she references that line i'm not even sure we ever saw the movie we just i think we saw the trailer she may have seen the movie but yeah um, so yeah, so I, I mean, the energy kind of kept me going with this one and, and knowing that it's like a cult classic movie. Um, I was like, all right, I'm just going to have fun with this one. Mm-hmm. Like don't need to tear it apart. Don't need to do anything else. Just it's a cult classic. It's a fun movie. So let's just have fun with it. Um, yeah. Awesome. This was my first time seeing it. Yeah. I had nice. not, had not seen it before this last week. So did it, uh, did it, you knew the cult classic status, like what, was right in line with what you expected. Like what was, okay, I saw this coming. And then what was kind of like, wow, I didn't see that coming. I I mean, unless you're going to get into that later, I don't want to preempt, but I'm just curious with your first time watching and and it's kind of a known quantity. Mm -hmm. 
what took you by surprise? What was not a surprise? I don't know that anything was a surprise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I could say I was surprised by it. You know, I, all I knew was the basic premise of the movie. Like I knew he was infiltrating a gang of surfers who were also bank robbers. Like I knew some of that. I knew different references. Like I've heard from other TV shows or movies about point break. And, um, so I don't know that there was anything that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Not, not that I can think of at least. I was, and we've already said spoilers. Um, I was a little surprised cause I, I've only watched it once, so I probably needed to go back and kind of watch parts of it again, at least. Um, seemed like Gary Busey's character died. I mean, he got several, he got uh, several gunshots there at the very end. So I guess I was maybe a little surprised that he died, mm-hmm. um, or at least seemingly died. I, if he survived, I, I don't recall them saying anything like that. And he got enough shots that it didn't look like he was going to. Um, mm-hmm. That was a little bit of a surprise, but otherwise, overall, in the movie itself, nothing was too much of a surprise. <laughs> Got it. I kind of expected it. I mean, it's got some of your typical like late eighties, nineties stuff where you're going to have the, uh, you know, was not surprised that the, the girl surfer was the one that was going to teach him and that they would fall in love and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of see that coming a mile away. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I don't think I was surprised by anything. Got it. Good or bad. Yeah. It was, you know, indifferent. Right. Yeah. So what is, uh, when you saw that this was on the list, you saw this was coming up. What was your, what was your one thing you're like, I can't wait to watch this movie again. Cause I, both of you have said, you know, energy, you're excited. It's awesome. So what was it when you think of point break and you're like, all right, I'm gonna sit down and watch point break. What's the first thing other than Patrick Swayze's hair? What's the first thing you think of? Right. I, I don't know if it's because, I am way too chicken to do it. I don't know if it's because the thought of jumping out of a perfectly good plane seems completely ridiculous to me, or if it's just the concept of, of how you could maybe do this. And I I think Mythbusters proved some of this is possible. Um, It's that skydiving scene where he jumps out without the parachute and he catches up to him. And like, that is the scene that plays in my head when you say point break. Mm -hmm. And it might've been the first movie that I saw that. And then since then, I mean, you see that trick over and over. I mean, Mission Impossible does it at least twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but this might be that first time I saw that. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you can do that? What whoa. did the Mythbusters guys say about it? Whoa, um, I know skydiving. Right? <laughs> um, hold on. Let me look up the article. There were... Yeah, I saw that. It was something like they they proved that you couldn't carry on a conversation, something else. Right. But that you, c- but you, you could have catch up, up to him. him. Like, yeah. you could do the aerodynamic thing yeah. and catch up. And that makes sense because it has to do with terminal velocity. Like, at some point, you can't fall any faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, let's see. What do they got here? Can a person free fall for over 90 seconds? No. Um, can two people have a conversation? No, but by streamlining their body, a person can catch up to another person at terminal velocity in the skydiving position with a 15 second head start that they were able to confirm. Cool. Uh, Mythbusters episode 94. Cool. 
Yeah, that was a fun. I remember the Mythbusters episode. Like, like okay, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> so in a couple cool. more, in I a couple more years, I don't want to skydive. The whole thing scares the crap out of me. My 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 dad and brother did it once. I have no desire, but the concept of it is super cool. To me. <laughs> so in, in like cool. a couple more years, do we have to cover the movie Terminal Velocity? Probably right. Wasn't that I mean, Charlie Sheen? It's canonical now. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a requirement. Yeah, it's it's thirty something canon, so Yeah, I, yeah, I that, that's the thing that I always picture with this movie. Yeah. What about you, Pat? What do you when you uh when you start screaming awesome and you yeah, and you watch so, this at least once a month, what are you what are you looking forward to when you watch Point Break? Okay. <laughs> trying trying to break out of my mold of just going everything. Um so I dig the one-liners from a movie standpoint. Mm-hmm. I like, I dig the one-liners like, and, and I really feel this is one of the movies that each actor that they cast was perfect in the role. They cast that actor into, you know what I'm saying? I really do. I think each person, like even down to uh, Tom Sizemore being the DEA agent. Um, he does play them. a good fed, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, Gary Busey, I almost said Tony Busey, Gary Busey, <laughs> um, I mean, was just, was great. I, all of them were great. And so I'd say the one-liners from a movie perspective, and then from the just, I guess, would it be story perspective or what? Like, I love the water. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, at the top of the show, I love being out on the water. Now I'm, I'm a Midwest guy, so I'm like talking lakes and all that kind of stuff. But the co- times that I've been to the coast, I love swimming in the ocean. I love being in the ocean and never, I, I'm, I'm going to say I have not surfed yet. And I mean that like definitely yet. Like I, I want to, uh, I want to surf someday. Um, I've boogie board coast, have a few laughs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I want to boogie board. Or, I mean, I've boogie boarded. Um, but yeah, I, I want to surf and I mean, I could totally, I could totally live, like just be a surfer. Like, I mean, I like if, okay, like here's your, like, I could do that. I know I could do that. And maybe after this year of all years, I've convinced myself I could do that, but no, seriously, I th- that's what I think of is just the surfer thing. And, uh, um, and, uh, then the one-liners from a movie perspective. So Dennis is going to go live in a forest preserve and you're going to go catch waves. I, I could do that, man. Okay. Well, and you know what? It's funny. Like people don't uh, necessarily think of this, but in Ireland, there's like a pretty big surf thing in Ireland. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if the waves rival like California and Hawaii and all that kind of stuff. But when we were, it's sure colder. It's well, it's colder. Like I've, I've, I've listened to interviews with surfers that like, you know, they're talking about surfing in Ireland and yeah, you know, it gets a little chilly, but I think the Gulf stream is up there. Mm. And so there's like a warm section right on the coast, like right where, right where I'm moving someday, right in and around, um, like the town of Doolin and County Clare. And I could be way off. So to any of our Irish listeners, please let me know. But when we were there, there was like a whole thing like, yeah, you can take surf lessons and you know, this is great surfing beaches. And you know, you can, like I said, if I understand right, the Gulf stream or the jet stream, the Gulf stream is a plane. The jets. No. Well, the I think you're right. It, see now I'm. Whatever that section of ocean water that goes up there and like makes it warm. Okay. Um, it goes up there and there's a big surfing thing. So bottom line is yes. Yeah. I, uh, right. The Gulf stream is an 
intense warm ocean current. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're hitting it on the head. Yeah. And I, not uh, to, not to cross uh, timelines, but that's the day after tomorrow. It's all about the Gulf stream. That's right. Fails that's right. and the whole world freezes. So yeah, dude, we, in like 20 years when we talk, we're going to review the heck out of that movie. I'll tell you that. Well, yeah. And in 20 years, we'll be a lot closer to that movie. I, we're we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be that movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh God. <laughs> uh, all right. But you know, Okay, we're not okay. I'm 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 just gonna stop there. I'll give my comments about this movie. Yeah, one liners, but, but we're there. I'm with you, yeah. brother. <laughs> but yeah, like that. That would be the dream thing. Like on the ocean where there's like surfing waves, like with a beach, a nice long trail that I could run. Forest, like yeah, that's that's Pat's that's Pat's magical land right there. Well, Podrick, if if Podrick in Ireland has any uh, insight on the surfing scene in Ireland, then maybe he can share and let you know. Let me tell you where the sick breaks are. Yeah. yeah, man, that'd be awesome. You know, you go go surfing a little bit and then go to his pub. That that would be that would be outstanding. <laughs> that sounds like a perfect day. <laughs> we gotta, I gotta get to his pub anyway but and buy him around because I'll sit on the beach and watch Pat surf. Okay, <laughs> I'll go get the drinks because I'm not. No, mm-hmm. that would be entertainment in and of itself. Go, uh, Podrick. Just in case you are listening, please don't drive off the road or into a roundabout just because we mentioned you. Because I, I know that that did happen one time. So don't. Yeah. Be, oh, that was a careful, fun story. Be careful while you're driving. Um, very, very, very quick tangent because it, that just made me think of something. Um, I'm, I'm trying to plan on getting our family to, cause my kids have still, we've, we've still have never left the country with the kids. Okay. Um, and we've got our 20th anniversary coming up and I'm, I'm thinking, Oh God, seriously. Doesn't that make you feel old? <laughs> oh, Bo was the, uh, Bo was the best man in my wedding. So yep. yeah. Yeah. So that makes you feel old a little bit, doesn't it? God. Yes. Yeah, it does. So anyway, 20th anniversary is coming up. So I'm, I'm trying to plan on, we're going to go to Scotland. Oh, wonderful. Oh, heck That's yes. great. But Good now for the, you guys. But, but now the other part of that is the places I want to go are not really like, and I don't tend to take Uber and Lyft and things like that anyway, but it's like, I want to go like out in the countryside. So I'm right. like, the places I want to go, not really like taxi, bus, Uber kind of places. You can rent a car, right? You can rent a car. But I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, Ugh, driving on the other side of the road than what I'm used to. Like, I'm going to have to prepare myself for that. I'm going to have to make sure my soul is prepared. Yeah. Before I go do that. Because it's, I don't and know, that's, maybe, that's got me. You know, little... the night before, go practice a little bit around town without the kids in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling I'm telling you, man, the biggest thing that, because we drove I'm gonna, I'm just going to do that around here. I'm just going to start driving on the, in the other lane and just see how that works. There you go. Yeah. That's, that won't be weird. Nah. No, I think you, I think you should. The yeah. biggest thing is going around turns uh-huh. yeah. is you tend to drift. Yeah. And so what I found is like, it was the advice for us was whoever was riding, whenever you turn, go lane or just switch. And that just would just snap the person. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, cause you turn and then yeah. forget you need to break yeah. that muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing I'm a little nervous about. That has nothing to do with point break, but that's the but only still. thing. If we, if we go do that, cause I want, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to like, and oh, I yeah. know I would like to go to some places that are, you know, kind of sparsely populated. So I'm like, okay, well hopefully there's not a lot of people around anyway, but at the same time, it's, it's got me a little, it's in the back of my mind. I got to prepare myself. Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. That is so cool, John. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to make you feel old, Bo. That's fine. It's, it's just one more reason to feel old today. It's all right. It's it's two years away, so it's okay. That doesn't help. It doesn't help? Okay. <laughs> Congratulations early, though. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. So, awesome. So in terms of the plot of this movie, is this one of those movies for each of you guys? This is like, yeah, I love the action. You know, I love the, you know, love the one-liners, love the stuff like this. But the actual story of the movie, does the story do it for you? It, for me, it's always been hard to divorce the story from the inconsistencies in the writing that get me like okay. I, I want to see if I can explain this it really crystallized for me on this last rewatch there's a few scenes particularly at the beginning where I feel like they're making editorial leaps and there's not enough real evidence to get you there they're mm-hmm. just throwing stuff out to keep the plot going and and not even the plot but to artificially raise the stakes in a way that isn't motivated mm-hmm so that's not really a plot problem. It's more of a writing problem, but it feels like a plot problem mm-hmm. because even though the movie's two hours, they obviously could have done things to motivate all of that, but didn't have time, didn't want to shoot it, whatever it was. And so I have a lot of trouble with that. Could you give some, I'm curious, like uh, early have- on, they are in God. I mean, I'm talking the first, when you first see uh harp, Mm-hmm. And he meets Johnny Utah. There's a whole, and and it's funny. It sounds like I'm talking out of both sides and maybe I am because what I love is the pacing. But what I'm complaining about now is that they don't go into enough detail in some places. Mm-hmm. So there's a few scenes with harp where I feel like maybe the, the front and back are missing. Like there's some scenes with all three of them with, um, I'm blanking on Busey's character name right now, which Happens. is brutal. Yeah, with Harp, Pappas, and Utah, where I feel like we came in mid-conversation, mm-hmm. and so they're about to make a a, a a deductive leap that isn't motivated, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to find like an exact thing, but there's a few times when it's just, I don't know, it, but I, I, I hesitate to call that a plot problem. I feel like it's more right. of a um, writing issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the plot can be can be kind of obvious if for the first 10 or 15 minutes. Um, right. Like, I wonder one thing I thought this time through that I've never thought before is maybe they shouldn't have shown us the past presidents robbing a bank as early as they did. Mm-hmm. Just tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it sets up a little more mystery. I feel like they tip their hat too early when maybe they could have held something. So maybe that's a plot thing, not so much a writing thing. Right. Right. Um, I, I think the plot for like, I, I hear what you're saying. I think the plot's enough to get you there. And that's like, I mean, you're not sitting there when you watch this, you don't get some big, like, you know, mystery and, Oh man, I want like who done it kind of thing. It's basically, there's enough of a plot to, you know, string together the action and, and hang the performances on there. And that's kind of where you said, like, I see what you're saying about where there seems to be writing holes. And I'm going to kind of reiterate what I said before in my mind, that gets not made up for, but you're kind of (sighs) made up for is a little too strong and distracted is the wrong word, but it's like the way the characters are played by the actors kind of carries the thing. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I, it's one of those things. I don't know that I ever noticed any of those things until this rewatch. Like, right. Because I was thinking about it for the podcast and I was like, huh, that was a little unmotivated there. That's weird. But the, but the pacing, I think John, you said it, it, you're never bored. So you don't have time to think about those things. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Unless you're looking for them. Right. No, I think, I think it bring, bring up a great point. So for those playing along at home who maybe have not seen Point Break or it's been a while, they, and we've already kind of mentioned it, the basic premise of the movie is Johnny Utah has just gotten transferred in. Um, he's come from he's come from Quantico, I think they say. Um, yeah, because he's fresh, right? And he's, he's, yeah. And so he's mm-hmm. he's come from Quantico and he's now joined the police department out here and this is kind of his first case that they're on and um but the idea being that you've got these bank robbers that are the ex-presidents they wear the masks of the um i think at the time they were the uh, living former presidents and uh you also kind of you also kind of find out early on that this is almost like a conspiracy theory of Pappas that they are surfers because of the timing of, you know, they, they hit it up during the summer and then they disappear for the rest of the season and then they come back the next summer. And so he's got this kind of what everybody else thinks is a, a bit of a crackpot theory. Yeah, what's his line about finance? The It's so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the basic premise of it. And then so in order to kind of infiltrate this gang, Johnny Utah has uh, you know former, uh, was it Ohio State quarterback? I think he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Utah, former Ohio State quarterback, is uh, going to have to infiltrate this gang of surfers. So he's got to learn how to surf. So he ends up meeting up with Tyler, uh, who is the girl who, you know, knows this group of guys. But they don't quite they don't quite connect those dots until a little bit later in the movie. Um and then you kind of go from there. Like, and then there's the other thing. You got the skydiving scene where he's kind of, you know, befriending Bodie, um, played by Patrick Swayze. I almost said Patrick Stewart. That'd be completely different. <laughs> That'd, That'd be a different, different movie. movie. That'd be different. <laughs> that would be, uh, yeah. <laughs> point, I, I, point I, I break. I want to explore that for a second, though. <laughs> <laughs> he could pull it off. Well, totally. There are three back ways. In the jail, especially back in the jail pipes <laughs> days. Oh, Yes. Oh, yes. Number one, if you want the ultimate, you've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. <laughs> there are three ways. <laughs> okay, there was a little Sean Connery. That's like, that 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 a little say. Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a different movie, too. Yes. Sean Connery oh, is Bodie. Oh, fear, oh, boy. Fear causes hesitation. <laughs> there you go. I found the finance quote I was talking about. Yeah, what was it? The ex-presidents rip off banks to finance the endless summer. The endless summer, yes. That was the... That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, that that's kind of the basic premise of the movie. What about you, Pat? Is there anything, you know, does the plot hold up for you? I mean, we've, the action is fun. I, characters yeah, are fun. It, it does because I, I kind of can, the things that I mentioned before, the characters are cool. The action's cool. I mean, the one-liners are cool. So I can be entertained by it. Like the plot is, and that's why I was kind of asking you before, you know, first watch, did anything take you by surprise? Like, Oh, and, or was it all, you know, kind of what you expected? And it just, it, uh, it works for me. You know, I think both points are, are, are exactly, you know, right on what he's saying. Like, okay, well that seemed to be a gap. That seemed to be a gap. And I'm putting, that wasn't the exact terminology you used <laughs> just with some of the writing and, and all that. So, you know, I, I get where you're, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, 
But on the flip side, you got a really fast paced movie that doesn't really let you relax. So that's where I can jump into it over and over and over. Cause there's, it's not like, Oh, I saw it. I, I know who did it. I don't have a reason to watch it again. Like, you know, what's happening, mm-hmm. but you're mm-hmm. kind of excited for what's happening next. And so it works for me. And at the risk of, of, of spoiling, I'm going to talk about a modern movie. I'm going to talk about a modern movie pertaining to cars. So anybody that's listening, please like skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want any other movie spoiled, but I need to ask, have either of you guys seen the fast and the furious a few times? I find I, this movie. Oh, I'm trying go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I, that is actually on my list. I have not seen any of them. Oh Are you my God. Serious. I'm serious. John. Wow. The only one I have not seen is Tokyo drift. And I hear I didn't miss much. It, you know, you it, well, it, it kind of reached the point that the series had so many movies that I was just kind of like, all right, I just need to like wait a little bit and then I'll just watch them all. Yes. Well, I'm not going to lie. There was a point where I was like, eh, you know, do I really need to see another one of these? And then they brought the rock in and I was yes. like, well, I'm in now. And then <laughs> that's, that's right. That's what they did. It was like, cool. Okay. And Tokyo Drift, you know, it's like, you know, you'll walk away from it and it introduces characters. It right? does. That is the one thing that my, my wife, by the way, huge Fast and Furious fan. Not surprised. Yeah. Um, oh, then she definitely needs to watch because she's a Mustang girl, right? Oh, yeah. She needs to watch Tokyo Drift, my friend. She's seen it. Okay. Okay. And so it's funny because every once in a while we'll catch one on TV and she'll have to help me with the timeline. Right. Okay, this one goes here, and this is right. the guy you don't remember because they introduce him in the movie you haven't seen. I'm like, oh, right. yeah, okay. Well, The Fast and the Furious, if you chart it, you have the original. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, you have the sequel in Tokyo Drift, and it falls into the trap. And then they kind of are like, they bring the originals back, and that one was pretty good. And then all of a sudden, they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take everybody from every movie and put them in one movie. And then it's just like, Oh, that's really cool. Then we're like, now we're going to take everybody that was in that movie and we're going to add the rock. And it's just like, and then you're like, do they, do they add, um, Oh yes. They do. In the same movie or is it the next movie? The next movie. (laughs) That's right. And then it was like, we're going to add Statham. And then it was just like, now we're going to make him a good guy. It's like, what? I mean, they keep going. Yeah. And I mean, That's so, so now, now you get into car chases on a glacier or on an ice cap against a submarine. And it's just <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. I mean, it's really like you talk about going over the top. Cars flying off of cliffs with guys oh hanging gosh. onto the air. I mean, it's I so good. It is so good. It's, guys it's, jumping into cars and the car driving off the back of a plane and the parachute and the whole. I mean, come you've, on. You've seen the most recent one, right, Bo? Um, no. Oh, so, so you have not seen like with the submarine and such. <sighs> no, I've seen oh. I've seen clips oh. of it or whatnot, but no, I don't oh. think we've seen that. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't do any spoilers because <laughs> oh, it's God. it's fine. I won't remember. Oh no, it I did see know. Hobbs and Shaw though. Okay, how was Hobbs and Shaw? It was good. It was great. That's like fun. it was The Rock and Statham. How do you go wrong? But, but there's another example. They spun off a brand new movie out of right. the thing. I mean, yeah. come on. I know. <laughs> so I know. Like. I'm saying, see the most recent Fast and Furious, and we'll talk. It's on the list. We've talked about the stuff. See it the stuff they pull. It's just like, 
oh, this can't get any better. Oh, it just got better. Wow. It's so um, funny watching those movies with my wife, because let's be honest, they strain reality to its oh, breaking point. Yeah. But yeah, yet she still, but yet she still thinks James Bond is too unrealistic for her. Wait, what? <laughs> I know it's great. Huh. Oh my gosh. Just see the most recent one. We've got to talk. Uh, oh, oh, I can't wait. Just, now I'm excited. I think that's what we're yeah. doing this weekend. Oh my gosh! Then please let's talk at like our next recording and like. I don't even know. I don't even know what number the most recent one is. I always have to look it up. I don't know, but I think whatever number it is, they've got they're on the books for three more. I know. I think so I read that like, too. I was like, oh my gosh! Thank you. Please keep crazy. it coming. Please I keep know. it. So we're, we're talking Fast and okay. the Furious. Back to back to. Uh... I'm just gonna say original Fast and the Furious, and this one are in my mind have a lot of similar plot beats. I don't know if it tracks. I don't wouldn't, I will not call it like a remake, Mm -hmm. but there are so many similarities. So this story in my mind, and obviously this is the original, but in this story, in my mind, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a, I don't want to say a typical story. What, how do you say it? It's a, I I, I felt these beats before, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's, it seems familiar. And so it's like, yeah, this is a cool story. I like this, you know, it's fun stuff. And okay, John, so yes, you got, you got to watch the fast and furious. I, I, mean, I, need, I need to get caught up. Well, it's kind of like, it ended up being kind of like the Harry Potter movies. Okay. Like we hadn't seen it by that time. We hadn't seen any of them. And so I was like, all right, well, I feel like I got to read the books with one of the kids first and then we'll watch the right. movies. And then, but so we did that. So yeah. So now fast and the furious will be one of my next. It's, it's just like, I mean, they're very similar in that, but Harry Potter like is a little bit more realistic than what happens in the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Oh God, I love those movies. Okay. So John, what did you think of the plot of this one? I, for the most yeah, part, it was somebody who didn't know what was coming. Yeah. Like completely anyway. Yeah. I, for the most part, it was fine. Um, I guess some of my some of my criticisms of the plot of the movie is for the movie to be called Point Break, which is a surfing term, and for it to focus so much on a group of surfers, so many of the big action beats did not take place on the beach. Mm. Like, you know, you've got the chase, you've got the skydiving stuff, you've got and that was all fun, but and I I mean I kind of feel like and, and maybe this is just Maybe, maybe I'm just being super basic bros. Um, but bro, bro. Yeah. Broski, um, is I kind of felt like for this movie to have such a focus on surfing that like the final battle, the final fight should have taken place on the waves Hmm. as opposed to the skydiving. So, I mean that piece of it. And I, I don't know, even though I, I said earlier, like I like the pace and everything else, I kind of feel like, and maybe Bo, that's back to your point, maybe about cleaning some stuff up a little bit and, and making sure things tied together. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting and, and I don't know that I felt it, but it was kind of interesting to me that this movie is over two hours. Like to mm-hmm. me, this, this seems like a movie that's a good hour and a half click and you're done kind of a mm-hmm. deal. But, and not that I felt like anything dragged, but it, there probably were some kind of unnecessary scenes here and there. Um, but yeah, I, that plot wise, that was probably one of the biggest things that bothered me. I was like, why are we not ending this movie? You know, and, and I know the movie does end on the beach, you know, as he, as he goes out to ride that final wave and, you know, 
via Dios and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of figured like the, the, the big, like the final confrontation between the two of them, instead of it being the skydiving piece should have taken place on the waves. You know, okay. some kind of surfboard battle. I don't know how you do that, but well, I think that's part of it. Like that is a hard thing to pull off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the right way to do it would be. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why they had to go with skydiving. Cause how do you, yeah. how do you film a fight on the waves? It'd be darn cool though. Yeah, it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, but I mean, I plot wise it's, and, and I don't necessarily mean this as a negative. It's an absurd movie. Like the whole, <laughs> the whole concept of it is absurd. And it's like, like you guys are saying with the fast and the furious, it just ekes out a, a, a thin thread, you know, hold on reality with some of the stuff that's going on and just, you know, some of the characters and how they're acting and, and things like that. Um, character wise, I will say, I thought the characters were great. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the character of Bodhi was interesting cause he wasn't really a clear cut villain. Mm. You know, he had his own philosophy and he didn't really see, you know, to him, the robbing of the banks, you know, like he said, he, he didn't, he hates violence. He doesn't, he didn't kill anybody until in the movie he did actually end up killing somebody. So to me, for a decent part of the movie, he seemed a little bit more like, um, like a Danny ocean kind of character. Mm hmm. And so then Robin Hood esque. Yeah. Well, not really because they weren't giving the money to anybody, but yeah, I mean, well, kind of that's true along those lines. Yeah. But I mean, kind of a, kind of a villain, but not like in his mind, nobody's getting hurt with this. Right. Like the, the money's insured. So nobody's going to get hurt. And, um, you know, they won't kill anybody. They'll just scare them a bit. And so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting character, like not a clear cut, you know, mustache twirling kind of villain. I, yeah, I was thinking about and I wanted to discuss that, you know, what you think, because there's a lot to like about the Bodhi character, I, you know, and, and I hear what you're saying. I this time I kind of like by the end, I kind of like had turned against him. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Like like looking at that and and it, it is. And for so much, it's like, yeah, you want to look at him. What what would it be in Dungeons and Dragons? What would it be? The chaotic neutral is the one that just kind of just out for his own mm-hmm. thing and all that. But then, I mean, like by the, well, throughout the movie, yeah, his code and the way he looks at things, you know, the ba- robbing of the banks was like the ultimate rush and just, you know, like that kind of thing. But then by the end, when people are getting killed, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then it's just like, okay, well, so did he just go bad? Did things just go wrong? Or is he just cold butter, cold, but cold blooded killers? You know, I mean, cause he's, he's taken those guys out pretty much with little hesitation, you know, seemingly little hesitation. And he's got Tyler who could, you know, the one guy he's, you know, if he doesn't get the phone call, she's going to die. And he's, Hey, that's just the way it is. This is on you, not me. You know? So what do you call that when you have, your brain doesn't work and and realize the consequences of your actions, you know, for ill effects on fellow citizens. Mm -hmm. What is that? So sociopath, sociopath. Sociopath. That was kind of like the way I thought of it. It's like, okay, now, you know, like you can talk all about what you want about free will and free spirit. And, but now you're, you know, 
firing guns off in the bank. Like, you know, that's going to be people whose free will just got taken away Mm -hmm. by you taking them out. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's, is, so is he just all full of, is he just kind of full of crap throughout the movie or does he go bad is kind of where I'm, is the quandary I'm left with, but Mm -hmm. I, I find it hard. I hear exactly what you're saying. Totally agree with you right up until the end. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like, mm, no, he's, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause even his name, you know, the name Bodhi comes from the Bodhisattva and mm-hmm. if I'm probably mispronouncing that, but you know, the idea that you, you know, figure that forgoes enlightenment to, you know, help lead other people to enlightenment that yeah, he doesn't quite get there. Yeah. Unless a bullet in the chest is enlightenment. Right. You know, well, and he, was he leading other people? And I mean, it's sort of like, okay, he, but you had to be kind of part of his cult. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, and so that's the thing too. And that's where I struggle with this. Hey man, everything's, you know, you, you, you look at it like, Hey, we're all free and, you know, kind of living the life you want, but to kind of run with his crowd, you have to subscribe to a certain real, a little bit. You have to res- like kind of like a, like a click or a cult or a gang, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're subscribing to a really closed society. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like I said, I compare it again to the fast and the furious and the Dominic Toretto character. And, you know, I, I have a different feeling about that because like I said, there's just similar similarities. There's crossovers between the two movies and it's just, I mean, I, you know, that's cool. Like you can make a villain, like I'm fine with that, you know, and especially a compelling character like this, where you're kind of like, okay, was he a good guy? Was he a bad guy? Okay. Maybe he's a bad guy, but he had some cool things to say, but you know, where you're kind of left in the quandary is pretty cool. But yeah, I, especially watching it this time and kind of like, yeah, he, he was a bad dude. Yeah. Well, so I, I reached out at one point, there's a there's kind of a group of other podcasts that have kind of joined together on on Twitter and we've got this massive uh kind of direct message thing going with the whole group and so I asked that group I'm like hey guys we're going to do a recording on Point Break what are like some of your favorite things what are some of your favorite memories about Point Break or other like tie-ins to Point Break and so I got from a couple of the other ones um one of them was a podcast, which I think, and depending on when this episode comes out, I don't know if it will have if it will have aired or not. Uh, we're going to try to do maybe a crossover podcast with uh, with this one. So um, the podcast is totally rad Christmas, and uh, his I think his Twitter handle is at rad Christmas, and uh, basically it's he, he says in his description the podcast about the raddest time of year in the baddest decade ever. So his podcast is about all things eighties and all things Christmas cool, and Christmas in the eighties. So nice. So I think if we're able to do a crossover thing, I think we're going to do something with him on Die Hard. So nice. Very cool. So that'll be fun, which we can, we can then get into the debate about it being a Christmas movie, but you know, I think the fact that it's on his podcast legitimizes I, the fact that it's a Christmas movie. Done. Yeah. Done. It's proven. Um, Dis- discussion, discussion completed. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said that he likes the reference to it in hot fuzz. Do you guys know which scene that's referring to? Yes. Okay. I have, I have a clip for it right here. Have you ever seen Point Break? No. Amazing bit in Point Break where they jump over fences. Is that not? 29. 
Matthew Swayze's just robbed this bank. Keanu Reeves <coughs> is chasing him through people's gardens. And he goes to shoot Swayze, but he can't because he loves him so much. And he's firing his gun up in the air. He's like, oh. Have you ever fired your gun up in the air and gone, ah? No, I have not ever fired my gun up in the air and gone, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because he good. loves Patrick Swayze so much. So much. And the other one was um, one of the other podcasts on there. The podcast is called Myths Behind Legends, and it's at Myths Behind Legends on Twitter. And their podcast is they analyze the horror genre in movies, books, and TV shows. And their response was when Tony Stark calls Thor point break in Avengers. <laughs> And that was so that one's that one's pretty funny because it's like a passing comment. Um, you know, is he, what does he say? He walks by him. He's like, hey, no hard feelings. Point break. You got a mean swing there or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But then what and, I love is then they what follow I love about yeah. that line. And, and John, you're the poster boy for this. Yeah. Point break has made itself into the cultural zeitgeist so much that you who's never seen the movie oh, yeah. got the reference yeah. just because I knew exactly what they were talking about. And that's right. the beauty yeah. of that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was, I was Captain America. I, I understood that reference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the other one I love about that, and what makes it even funnier, is that many movies later, you have Thor in Thor Ragnarok, and I have the clip for that one too. Who's uh, and this is why the MCU is genius, by the way. Yes, yes. To, because to bring they can back. take a thread and just mm-hmm. tug on it just a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, because I was, you know, to, to go the serious route, I was rewatching Captain America, the first Avenger recently. Nice. And I and I still love and I know they repeated a couple of times in that movie, but I still love how that then connects again when you get to Civil War and that whole line of I could do this all day. Mm-hmm. You know how those connect on a slightly funnier note, on a more comedic note. This is when Thor is trying to gain access to the uh, I think to the Avengers jet and he's got to put in his uh, he's got to put in his voice password welcome voice activation required Thor access denied uh, Thor son of Odin access denied God of Thunder access denied strongest Avenger access denied strongest Avenger access denied now you stock Point break. Welcome, point break. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that scene. So good. That is welcome, point break. Welcome, point break. (laughs) Curse you, Stark. Oh, Um, that's so funny. So, do you have? Do you have a favorite scene from Point Break? Oh man, come on. I know. Wow. Uh, mm. Is it the diving for bricks? <laughs> Busey's, Busey's intro after the diving for bricks is mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. What's it? Oh, gosh. Is that in this quote list here? He's got a great line about, I don't know what this has to do with being a special agent. Which sort of, which then foreshadows the, do you think taxpayers would like it, Utah, if they knew you were playing federal agent to surf and pick up girls? But it's Busey going. He says, uh, the diving instructor says, heads up, Pappas, I want to see you retrieve at least two bricks. 
There it is. And he puts on the blindfold and he says, I've been on the job for over 20 years and I fail to see how I fail to see what fishing bricks from the bottom of a pool has got to do with a bank robbery. And on top of that, they got me babysitting some quarterback punk named Johnny Unitas or something. <laughs> that, that was it. funny. Pappas, meet your new partner. What? Punk quarterback. <laughs> Pappas, Angelo Pappas. Punk quarterback punk. <laughs> Angelo Pappas is a pretty cool character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a well-kempt, clean-shaven Busey, like, it's all good. Yeah, and he's kind of a loose cannon, but he's really good at what he does. It's not like mm-hmm. he stumbles into things by accident or he's overmatched. Like, he's just legit good at his job, mm-hmm. you know? He's just rough around the edges. Yeah. So do we have a favorite scene? Uh, I thought we'd forget about this question. <laughs> you know, I, I said earlier, I think I might have to go with the skydiving. Okay. Um, just because first just or because second. that's so cool and it it's that scene that sticks in my head you know first or second skydiving the second one okay the second one okay. the one where he catches up to him without the parachute yeah that's yeah. that's the one that it's just keeps coming back james bond levels of skydiving exactly i think that's why it's so cool mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. The foot chase is pretty cool. Pat, I like I, know, yeah. I, I, I do apologize, yeah. Pat. I know this is like trying to ask somebody who their favorite child is, but <laughs> yeah, I know. I, uh, like, I like the foot chase. I like I, the foot chase. I love all of you equally. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it is. Good car chase. That's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you talked about the So maybe the nighttime surf scene. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Which I, I was reading that uh, none of the movie was filmed at night. Oh, really? Yeah. Just, because it was too difficult to do the surfing at night, so they filmed them all during the day, and then they just fixed the lighting in post. Oh, okay. So, yeah. There you go. That's cool. Well, that surfing scene was, was pretty cool, the way they did that. The foot chase was cool. It is fun watching... Uh, a- Guy in a former president mask lit on fire. Mm-hmm. Is- yeah. 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 The gas station flamethrower was neat. Mm-hmm. I mean, any scene with Gary Busey. Yeah. It's taught me one thing that you still haven't learned, Harm. Respect for my elders. <laughs> hey, Utah. Give me two. Give me two. I'm just, I'm going to say that. That's going to become my I am Groot line. I'm just going to say that from now on. Utah, give me two. Uh, I I did joke earlier before we started recording that that, that a couple of Bodhi's lines made me think of Yoda. mm -hmm. It was the fear fear causes hesitation. The Zen vibe. Yeah. Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. As soon as he started to say that in my the back of my head, I'm going, fear causes hesitation. <laughs> hesitation yeah. causes worst fears. Fears Anger lead to surfing. <laughs> leads to suffering. <laughs> Hang ten, broskies. <laughs> uh, someone's got to come up with that meme where Yoda's like. Yoda on a surfboard. You know, Yoda on a surfboard. Yeah, Yodi. <laughs> Yodi. <laughs> Hi, yeah, yeah. In a Chancellor Palpatine mask robbing a bank. There it is. Yes. Right there. There you go. Right there. All right. Well, that can go alongside our uh, IKEA Borg t shirt. I. 
Merch yes. time, baby. Mm-hmm. It's time for the merch. <laughs> Most certainly. All right. Well, I, I think I think for me, it's probably some of the same stuff, like the the chase scene. That was a great one. Um, you know, the, some of the bank robbing scenes. I mean, I I think I think you do kind of have to go. Even though I said, you know, I, I would have been interested to see the movie end more on a surfing note, and I do know that it kind of does. Um, I, I think that I think you're right. I think that final skydiving scene too is great. Yeah. I did say that, you know, some of the, some of the other ones, the scene where he's learning to surf is kind of funny too. When Tyler's working with him to teach him how to mm-hmm. surf. Yeah. 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 That is fun. All right. So my, my gripe here at the end of the movie, before yeah, we, before we, before we wrap what's, up what's... and do our three questions, um, my gripe here at the end, and it kind of goes along with one of the three questions. So I don't want to, I'm not going to get into it too much is, I was a little upset that he let him go. Uh, oh, yeah. I was like, and I know, I know that they were like, kind of, you know, they kind of got to be good they're friends. Like bros, they're, bro. they're, they're broskies. And I know they're broskies. And I know that he's like, going to let him go to catch that last wave. And he knows he's not going to make it. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, just put your, your girlfriend in danger. And not mm-hmm. only that, like several times, did shot certain, somebody right did i mean shot you know shot his partner and killed his partner and killed a civilian in the or i guess he was an off-duty cop um in the bank but then times where he gave him the opportunity to be like hey just let her go just let her go and i won't follow you and like he did that several times and Bodie was still like yeah no no mm-hmm. i'm not letting her go i'm not do-. and even like put his own life in danger to the point where if he had died she would have died too mm-hmm and so then it gets to the end of the movie and I'm like, okay, so then he goes into this whole thing. Well, I was always like a week behind you. I was always like one step behind you. And I finally caught you here in Australia, finally caught mm-hmm. you. And then the big wave comes up and I'm almost like, you know, looking at that, I'm almost like if I was Johnny Utah, I don't think I let him go. Yeah. And so that kind of bothered me a little bit. I mean, yeah. if, if, if Johnny shows, if Johnny is wanting to show that like his way is righteous and you know, Bodie's is Bodie's is ultimately not, you don't let the guy go. Like you don't let him have that final wave at the end. That's, that's almost like he's, he's avoiding any kind of punishment at all. So I just, I, yeah. had, I had a problem with that. And I know that dips into one of our three questions, but I'm making question one and here we go. I will actually, you want to do that? We could just. We'll, we'll, we'll I'm down if you are. We'll get um, into it. I'll, I'll make that question number one, and we'll just get right into our three questions here, and, and we'll go. Uh, do we have anything else we want to say real quick before we? <laughs> just talking about awesomeness and quoting the scenes of the movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, regardless of what I said about plot and whatnot, see the movie if you haven't. It's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Watch it again if you haven't seen it in a while. It'll it'll yeah. put a smile on your face. You'll enjoy it. Like Yeah. And we didn't even get into the like raid on the house. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which was a pretty, that was, was a it, pretty cool scene. It was intense. Mm-hmm. That escalated quickly. Yeah, I know. Well, and even, even Gary Busey, they, when he's like do, doing the undercover stuff, Hey, Hey, what was it? Fido, Fido. You see a little dog. You see a little dog run through you. No, I don't know your dog. Okay. Cause you know, it's like, yeah, he, uh, he was just fun to watch. 
So is Keanu. They're and, just fun to watch. And in that whole house raid scene, they fell prey to one of the classic blunders. Never go into it. Never. That started early. Um, wow. They, they fell prey to one of the classic blunders. Never go into a house raid when the lawn is being mowed next door. Yeah, exactly. no kidding. No kidding. Only slightly less well known. <laughs> yes. On that yeah. note, after a little uh, premature three questions, there let's uh, let's actually go into the three questions. What, are you okay there, Pat? Yes. Okay. All right. Peaked too early. Here we go. <laughs> he asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. Impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, question number one. So we'll just jump into this one. Uh, question number one. Would you have let Bo Bodie go at the end? And I've already said no. I would not have let him go because I feel like that, as as a character, as Johnny Utah, um, I have now completely negated the fact that I am supposed to be upholding the law, and I have, you know, not only... The guy never serves any time for what he did, you know, whether that's prison time or anything like that, because he basically is, it just lets him go. And he knows that he's, he knows that he's probably going to die riding this wave, but for him, like that's a, that's a gift. That's like a blessing to Bodhi is to be able to die riding this final wave. And I'm like, at what point, like the, the, I hope you don't ever go back to being a police officer ever again. Because you've completely proven that you're you're not a good one, and you're not upholding the law, so I, that part really bothered me. Like I get it metaphorically for the movie and for the, you know, these guys are bros and you know that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I was like, no, that just that almost that made me really angry, and almost to a point where I was like, you know what, forget this movie. Like oh. it, made, it made me mad at the end. Mm. So any kind of negative feelings I have for this movie, I was fine going right along with the rest of it. And then when it got to that point, I was like, are you kidding me? Kicked in the butt on the way out. Yeah. Now is, so let me ask this as part of that at the end, when Johnny throws his badge into the ocean, mm -hmm. is that him saying, I really dig this surfer life. I am not a buttoned up FBI agent. I am not law enforcement. I'm throwing away my badge, which is why he lets him go. Yeah. But then why chase him down in the first place? Why not? Why not just join him? Okay. Well, I don't know. That was my thought. Right. right wrong no, no, you're, you're not wrong on right, that one. Right, I'm just trying to process the, yeah. Because you're right. Why chase him down if you're going to throw away the badge? Is yeah. at that point it just to do it like he was his white whale and he caught him? Yeah, maybe. He was his blonde whale. Yeah. Yeah. With amazing hair. <laughs> he has amazing hair and physique. I, mm. I, I agree. John, John, honestly, I agree with everything you said. I mean, I just, it, it was like, I think he should have taken him in for all the reasons you mentioned, you know, it's, you don't get to start killing people and get away with it. Right. You know, if you wanted it to be, if you wanted it to be like a rush or just, you know, part of the trip, then you have to figure out 
a different way to do the crime mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, like I said, some of the movies that we talked about before that have, um, you know, like the fast and the furious thing, some of the main bad guys in that they're more, I think more sympathetic, more, Oh, I can identify with them. Oh, well, they're not really, they're the bad guy, but they're not bad guys, you know, to borrow Wreck-It Ralph mm-hmm. or they're, they're not the bad, not the main bad guys. I, you know, I mean, there's just different ways that write that you have a very similar plot thread, a very similar type, you know, anti-hero, but they make the character redeeming in the end. Whereas I, I feel bad saying it, but Bodie, I mean, Patrick Swayze played him terrifically, mm-hmm. yeah. but I mean, Bodie was not like a sympathetic character. Like I didn't feel bad for him. Like what? I don't get my way. He just looked like a stoppy child to me, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, like I said, I'm not calling out the acting and the, the, of any of that stuff. Cause it was exquisite, but it was like, it was like the final collapse, right? It was like all this stuff that he was supposed to be ended up kind of being garbage. You know what I'm saying? Like he was killing people. His whole crew went down and now he's got to trying to go ride this wave and he's like being stompy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. Great character, great acting, great. But he was like the bad guy in my mind. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I know I wouldn't let him go, but it might, it might be for slightly different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think that the story says the story wants you to believe that he's letting him go because he thinks he's going to go die mm-hmm. on the wave out there. Mm-hmm. I of course take it one step further and go, nah, man, he doesn't die out there. He just slips away, mm-hmm. pops up five miles down the beach and goes off to surf for freedom, whatever that looks like. So you can't let him go. He's going to get out of there somehow. That's his plan. Right. Right. <laughs> Because he's a sneaky bastard. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yes. So either way, you're a terrible cop. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, and why did he throw the badge? Like, I know he didn't like harm, but I mean, he didn't really question the FBI thing throughout, you know, like this. No, it was. Like, that's kind of why I asked the question, because it was kind of unmotivated at the end. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, goes back to that. Why is this happening? Mo- is stuff, you know, like. I get it. You sort of got into yep. the surfer lifestyle, like, you know, another Fast and Furious parallel, Paul Walker's character. Right. You know, Brian, he he starts out as an FBI agent. And by the end of the first movie, he's rolling with the with the crew, you know? Yeah. And so they try to say that with him throwing his badge away, but he's not rolling with the crew. He's, you know, it's just it's a weird. Yeah. It's an odd I choice. Yeah, I hear you. But so. Yeah. So, Bo, did you say, uh, Pat, You, I think you said you would, did you say you would not let him go or you would? I would not let him go. You would, okay. Okay. Bring him in. Yeah. Yeah. I And, and that was, it, I mean, it was almost enough to derail the movie for me. Like I was enjoying it up to that point, And then I was like, wow, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. After all this for that, right? After all this, <laughs> and you let him go. I mean, he's, you know, and everybody. You're right. Like you make the assumptions, like, well, that would nobody could ride that wave. I'm like, well, but you've kind of spent the movie proving that he's some kind of surfing guru. So, if anybody could, it was going to be this guy. So why risk it? Yeah. So, 
I, that was where I, yeah, that was, that was where I almost wiped out with this movie. Oh. Nicely played. Thank you. There it is right there. Um, would you, uh, have you, or would you ever go skydiving? I think we already kind of talked about this a little bit real quick. I would not, I'm not going to jump out of a perfectly good plane. Agreed. No. And yes, I have not done it. And you know what? If you would have asked me a year or so ago, I probably not, uh, not a year, but maybe a couple of years ago, I'd be like, perfectly get a plane. But now I could entertain the notion. Do we, do we need to now, talk about your work life, Pat? Is that why you're, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I, please, you know, please and, make sure, please make sure you have a parachute when you jump out and, of the plane. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd have a parachute. Well, the thing is, and I don't mean this, I'm not trying to like signal, oh, I could do this, but because I know like initially you go tandem, right? You're just attached right. to somebody that knows what they're doing. I like, that was a block for me. Like I was like, I don't know if I would want to do that putting my hand, my life in someone else's hands like that, knowing that full well that these are like trained instructor professional and like what I would like, it's safer if I do it on my own. Are you kidding me? But I, that was kind of a block. And so I, uh, yeah, I, but now I was like, in all honesty, it's like, now I could see, yeah, I'd be interested. I'd be up for it. Pat's so. getting more trusting in his old age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 G- give me, give me another year like this. And I mean, you know, I might, <laughs> I'll be teaching from the plane. I'll be, I'll be zooming from like the computer as we go down. There you go. So. I don't know. I, the line that says it all to me is when Bodie says six seconds, we're going to be meat waffles. Jeez. <laughs> oh, That's rough, man. Have you ever read about like any of like Tom Cruise's stuff when he did the uh, parachuting stuff in, um, was it, Ro- it wasn't rogue nation. It's ghost protocol. It ghost rogue protocol? Nation. Yeah, no, it's and what's the final one. Um, another, it's fallout, got another fallout. fallout. Yeah. Yep. That's got another great motorcycle chase in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the parachuting stuff, you know, like in the one movie, he's hanging onto a plane that takes off. I mean, that's just unbelievable. But then the parachuting one, the way they were describing it is like they were doing practice jumps. They were jumping like, I want to say a couple times a day. Oh, Patrick Swayze was nuts. He convinced yeah. Busey to go do it after the yeah. shoot one day. I mean. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. those guys were. And he and, was in adrenaline junkie mode. Yeah. And and Tom Cruise is the same way with the Mission Impossible Fallout thing. Like those guys. And, uh, 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 Patrick Swayze and their crew, like they were just going to town with it, you know? And that's, that's cool. That's cool. If you got the means, why not? Patrick Swayze. Like I love Keanu. He's awesome. Gary Busey's great. The guy that played harm was the perfect casting. I mean, that's great. Um, and like I said, I'm, you know, Patrick Swayze, man, that guy's just, that guy was awesome. Awesome. You know, martial arts. Like he looks cool on screen, delivering those lines. It never seems cheesy. Just watching him move is fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's Patrick Swayze. He's awesome. Yeah. All speak right. Into yeah. The, speak into the microphone, squid brain. <laughs> that was Gary Busey. Yeah. All right. And final question. Um, which president's mask would you use if you were in the ex-president's gang? 
how do you how do you how do you uh, how do you come about an answer for this question? Do you go with which one you like best? Do you go with which one you align with politically? What do you do? You have a favorite president from history, or do you pick the oh. president you like least so that when you rob the bank, you're like, hey, yeah, I, I'm not a reflection of my favorite guy. This is my least favorite guy. Is this of the four presidents in the movie or any president in history? Any president. If you want to be Uncle Jumbo, oh. you can be Uncle Jumbo. Any president in history. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, think. Oh, go ahead, Pat. I, I, go ahead. I'm, I'm curious if we're on the same brainwave. Go for it. I, I thought about this for a long time. I asked my wife and she looked at me straight, dead faced and said, Ronald Reagan. Mm. Okay. And who am I to disagree with my lovely wife? There it is. There it is. I, if I could, if I could do any president in history, I, I mean, you know, and I'm picking like my favorite president, you know, then there's a couple of choices right there. If I was picking the four, um, that were in the movie, I mean, president Nixon is just, that's just a humorous choice. Well, yeah, because right? then you got all the stuff you could do this. Yeah, you could do, it, I am not a crook. You mean right, you yeah. the whole thing. You know, because that's been lampooned so much. Um, yeah, I maybe I'll stick with that one just because that one's easy. And then, and then, you know, yeah. But if we were going historically, like any of the presidents, you know, those choices would be, that opens it up a little bit. Okay, this is the question that I'm thinking about too much. <laughs> Which, well, well, I should wait for John before I ask my little follow-up. Yeah. Um, so, I actually, I, I took an online quiz. I'm like, which president are you most like? Oh. And I was like, okay. okay. All right. Well, I, I need to find out here. Like, personality-wise, this doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, politically, um, you know, I, I might align with with some of the folks, but um, you know, as as I as I get older and I change some of my thoughts and ways, I'm like, okay, well, actually, some of this is is not so far off. So, um, apparently, my best match is Barack Obama. There you nice. go. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. I, I don't think Barack and I are, are going to get down with a basketball game because he'd wipe the floor with me. I was going to yeah. say you yeah. get owned. Yeah. I mean, if, if how about a spelling contest? He'd probably win that too. <laughs> but good point. Uh, so that's the one that it said I, I most aligned with in terms of like personality and trying to be like well-rounded in terms of like knowledge of art and history and education and, and things like that. And, um, the the other one that I thought was a couple of the others I thought were kind of interesting on this quiz said you are also similar to William McKinley, oh, and mm. you are also similar to Dwight Eisenhower. Well, there you go. Could be worse. So, you are least similar to Richard Nixon. There it is. I I am not a Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Which I love that that line showed up in the movie. But yeah, so apparently my uh, apparently the reason I align with some of these presidents is my uh, my tendency to be both or at least to attempt to be uh, not hot tempered. Okay. And and try to be like fairly easygoing with things and being able to like work with a lot of different types of people and stuff like that. I'm like I'll take it. That's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, nice. That works for me. So, uh, so I don't know if I'd want to rob a bank with a Barack Obama mask on, though, because if I if I align with the guy, like, I don't want him to get in trouble. Right, right, McKin- right. McKinley's right. already dead, so I don't know. There it is. I think if you if you listen to my grandpa and his genealogy stuff, I'm distantly related to the Eisenhowers. So I maybe maybe I go family. Maybe I go family. Maybe that maybe that should just all work like that then. Yeah. Or he's already a crook, so I just do Richard Nixon. Mm. There, there's that old old tricky, there's that old tricky dick. Mm. Yeah. Bo, what was your follow up? You had a you had a follow up you want to throw out there. Well, which mask from the movie did you like most? I think I think the uh, Nixon and Reagan ones stood out the most. Mm-hmm. I love the teeth on Carter. Carter's is the teeth. That's right. You know, that's it's not just a, so that's, striking. That's not a phrase you hear very often. <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the if it wasn't going to be meat waffles. Maybe the title of the episode is "I Love the Teeth on Carter." <laughs> there you go. There you go. I um. I'll tell you though, what's burned in my mind is when the, when uh, Swayze speaks through the Reagan mask. Yeah. Right. And it's rocket. And I remember that from the trailer rock and roll and those masks just look creepy. And I remember as a kid being like, ah, that's weird. You know, it's the, the Reagan one seems to be the most expressive of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he talks, it's almost like it's molded to his face, Mm -hmm. you know, because with some of those masks, it's like when the mouth moves, you can, clearly tell it's a mask but uh somehow and, and maybe they did do something a little extra to, to get it looking that way but yeah you know it's funny all the trivia i read and all the little stuff they really didn't talk about the the masks much yeah mm-hmm. like i was hoping there was some like they say they say what they are but they don't talk about like if they were annoying or if they were sourced from a costume store or if they had to do anything to make them not terrible to wear. Or I feel like that's the type of prop that we often hear trivia about. Mm-hmm. And it's oddly lacking for this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to look up and see. I feel like I should have this written down somewhere, but maybe I don't. Um, Pat, when is your birthday? August 8th, 1978. Do I have that written down here? I don't. I'm going to write that down. Okay. Because I think I found your birthday present. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. What did you find, John? I'm going to share a screen. So all of our friends on the audio podcast are not going to be able to see this, but they'll hear Pat's reaction. Which is usually plenty. Oh, look at that. And I'm nice. going to look at that. And I'm already getting into like, I need new, I need new t-shirts. Yeah. Like I'm getting into t-shirts with phrases on them again. Yeah. So you get the, uh, you know what you, you get the tri-blend t-shirt here. So basically for anybody who's listening to the audio of this, um, it is a t-shirt that has a picture of, uh, Gary Busey holding up two fingers and it says, mm-hmm. Utah, get me two. That's perfect. So see, I feel like you got to go with the tri-blend t-shirt, the extra soft. Yeah. And then you get like the, uh, and then you get the, uh, yeah, then whatever color you want, and see, there you go, you got you got your T-shirt already. Awesome. What's it? Meatballs. That's awesome. Meatball sandwiches, right? Utah, and I want two of them. Yep. All right. Hey, Utah. <laughs> Give me two. Give me two. 
I said that, that I'm going to use that line for the next 14 and a half days of school. <laughs> 14 and a half. You got that down. Yeah. Yeah. Not that anybody's counting. No. Fat. I'd have the hours down. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to remember when your birthday is and we'll, we'll see when that That's rolls outstanding. around. See what happens. What, uh, what size you wear? Well, it depends on the day. Okay. After you've had two meatball sandwiches. That's right. Oh, man. All right. Well, well I, to do the surfer yeah. thing, wouldn't I need like, wouldn't I need like the extra small with this, like the midriff? Wasn't that back in the 80s? Like the, mm-hmm. the, the oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that wasn't just back in the 80s. We still had when we were um, in high school for the football team, they kept buying the like midriff shirts for us. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Even the jerseys at one point were too short. I, uh, and I'm like, you I know what? obviously I, do not understand fashion. That is what I just need to. Well, when it comes to the football team, it has nothing to do with fashion. I, I'm not even quite sure what that was all about. I, I feel like, I feel like maybe some of the captains on the team who were the, uh, the receivers and the linebackers and the quarterbacks were like, Hey, these would be cool. Go show off our abs. And then all the offensive linemen were like, wait, you ordered what? <laughs> Yeah. Excuse me. Um, they call us mules. You remember that, right? right? <laughs> oh, oh man. Nobody wants to see how the sausage gets made or encased. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do, do not buy midriff uh, bearing shirts for the offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show you a type of farmer's tan you never want to see. <laughs> oh man. Oh Holy no. Lord. <laughs> Uh, on that note, yikes! We better get out of here because in six seconds we're going to be meat pancakes. <laughs> oh no. no! Oh no! All right, I got a lot of options for the uh, the title for this episode now. So yeah, we, we're stacked. Feeling, we, we're feeling, ready. Feeling pretty good about that. So, all right. Well. That's going to do it for Point Break. So thank you, gentlemen, for being here with me for this one. Um, fun movie. Yeah, overall yeah. fun movie. I, I had a couple issues with it, but uh, fun movie regardless. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, I, I think you probably have a lot of fun with it, too. So, uh, and, and like we said, cult classic. I mean, you got Keanu Reeves. You've got Patrick Swayze. You're, like, you're not missing too much there. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, so yeah, other places See you can it. find us before you, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking around for past episodes of ours, then you can head on over to 30 podcast.com. We are at 30 podcasts on most of the different uh, social medias. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail, there is a button right on our website where you can leave a voicemail there. Don't forget to check out our sponsor and the other shows that are in the scene stealers podcast network. Go over to scenestealersglobal.com to do that, uh, real quickly. Our next episode's coming up here. Um, this kind of ends the crime doesn't pay month of May for us. Uh, next one's up. June is shots fired. That is, uh, we'll be doing Ricochet, Naked Gun Two and a Half, JFK, Hot Shots, Toy Soldiers, Guns of Navarone is our Patreon episode that month. Um, we've already recorded it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, July is our Across the Pond month. That is King Ralph, The Commitments, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Hook. And then our Patreon for July is the uh, Heir to the Empire Thrawn trilogy of books from Star Wars 1991. August is Time and Space. That is Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, Suburban Commando. And our Patreon episode that month is Stripes. 
And then I don't think yet, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned the September ones yet, but that's going to be Jungle Fever, White Fang, Dead Again, Frankie and Johnny, Beauty and the Beast, the animated one from 91, and our Patreon will be My Dinner with Andre from 1981. So lots and lots of good stuff coming up in the near future for us. So, gentlemen, once again, thank you as always. Thank you, John. It's always a good time hanging and, and podcasting with my broskies. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right. Everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And via con Dios. Surf's up. <laughs>